hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Retake, a podcast on perspective. It's your host, Rhiannon Varela, coming to you today with a huge business mogul. We're going to have another business talk, possibly turn this into another business series. We'll see, sneak peek, ladies and gentlemen. But today we will be having Mr. Seri Ibrahim. I hope that I'm saying that correctly, but he can correct me as soon as we get him on the phone. But he's speaking to us all the way from Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. And he has legit helped real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees with basically creating their own sources of financing while also growing safe and predictable wealth. Now, that is also in conditions that are difficult for our economy. Regardless of the conditions, Sari is the guy to go to apparently, and he's the top dog at the Bank on Yourself organization. So I'll let him get into more detail about that as soon as we get him on. I am so excited to be speaking to him. He's actually been a guest on several other podcasts, and he, in fact, is the host of his own show, Thinking Like a Bank. So, you know, guys, I can't wait to get into this business conversation. I think it's going to be great. He's going to bring so much to the table. Um, you know, just basically talking about safe, predictable, and guaranteed wealth, regardless of market conditions. And especially in the day and age that we're living through, I think this is an important conversation to have. So much can be brought to the table, and I'm so excited. Without further ado, let's get this man on. Hello, hello, Sari. Welcome into Retake, a podcast on perspective. How are you doing today? Hi, Rihanna. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm super excited to get this conversation going. I've done a little bit of a research on you uh, and the business mogul that you are, so I'm super pumped to get you on Retake and have a little business conversation with you today. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Awesome. So, Sarah, you know, just to get right into it, um, I don't know if you've looked at my retake podcast in advance, but we actually did have a business series that took place around this time last year. You actually are going to be part of the business series 2.0. So um, I think it's going to be amazing to sit here and discuss how you've helped, you know, real estate investors, business owners, and even full-time employees with essentially creating their own sources of financing. So I kind of just want you to give a little bit of an introduction about yourself, tell us whatever comes to mind, and yeah, just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I I help real estate investors and business owners um, and full-time employees grow wealth outside of the stock market, um, not having to worry about what's going to happen in the stock market. I also help them become their own source of financing. But I guess it's just you know it's a it's a matter of um, of what it could what it could really do for clients and what our company could actually do for clients. Um, over the years and being in financial services and financial planning, you know I I've, I've listened to a lot of stories um, and a lot of problems that people have with money um, and a lot of it comes down to uncertainty and not knowing what's really going to happen in the future so that's kind of what we've niched down to is kind of the more on the certain side more on the guaranteed growth side and that's exactly you know what we help clients with now perfect i'd love to hear that so i too sorry i'm actually a fellow mba so i think oh, this nice. is super important something that we need to bring um more into the forefront of conversations because i think a lot of people get misdirected into how they should handle their finances, their assets, how they should move forward accordingly in investing and um, things like that. 
So a little bit more on like the personal end, Sari, if you don't mind, um, can you tell us what got you interested in the type of work that you currently do? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like you said, I, I was doing my MBA and um, it was about halfway through my MBA program and I didn't have any real world experience yet. Um, and I and I really wanted to start getting out there in the world and, and working. Um, my concentration was in project management. So I thought I was going to do project management. Um, and I started looking for project management internships and jobs and I got a job working at Allstate Insurance. Um, it was more of sales and marketing, but then I ended up like really enjoying that because I was talking to people and talking about to their to them about their situations and their financial situations. And I started to notice that people became more open with me about talking about their financial situation. Like they would talk about their debt, they would talk about their assets, they would talk about these different things. So I I wanted to make a career out of that. I didn't know what kind of career. But, that, that would be, I wasn't sure. I mean, and, if, and I, as I stayed into the industry and I, and I worked at Blue Cross Blue Shield and a couple other companies, I, I worked with Medicare, people who had Medicare and I was like a Medicare consultant and then um, found the career of becoming a financial professional and specifically a bank on yourself professional. Um, and, and I felt like it was a perfect match because I got to help people. I got to listen to their financial situations, whether they had too much money and didn't know what to do with it or they had too little of it and had problems like that and other situations like that. Um, I, I enjoyed the challenge of finding the solution for clients. Uh, so yeah, that's how I found it. And um, I, I started a company called Financial Asset Protection. Um, the, the company, what we do, we, we help clients in all 50 states grow wealth, protect it, solve money problems, solve financial problems. And and yeah, then I also have a show called Thinking Like a Bank. And mm -hmm. the, the reason why I came up with the show Thinking Like a Bank was because while I was working at these insurance companies, I started to really see how the way they would think. And then I learned about how banks would think. And then I, I kind of, I, it's fascinating. It's like an art and a science uh, as to how they control money, how they deal with people. And I wanted to uncover, I wanted to learn those strategies and then put it into a podcast. And then, you know, we're, we just launched episode 25 today. It's a new podcast. So yeah, I'm excited about that. That's a big project that's happening. And, and, I, and I think it's going to be a really good way to spread more momentum about the, the principles of bank on yourself and truly becoming your own banker absolutely and i think you are just a tremendous individual sari and it's so important for people to tap into you know the bank on yourself concept that you really display in just the work that you do the podcast that you are you know putting out to the world and things like that so if you guys would check out sari's podcast it's absolutely amazing i love it and um, I feel like it's formal, but also informal, kind of like how my podcast is for all my retake listeners. Um, mm -hmm. But Sari really is an advocate for basically pursuing purposeful investment strategies. And that's super important for all of us to kind of tune into. Like I said, I think it is something that kind of provokes the fear inside of people because a lot of us, it's a lot to understand. And, you know, me and Sari as MBAs, we've seen kind of more of the inner works of it the complexities of it but still at that at that notion it's a lot to learn it's a lot to grasp and in, when you do have a professional that helps you to key into those things it makes you feel a lot better about what you're doing with your money um how you can better invest your money and things like that so um sarah if you don't mind can you tell me a little bit more about your um bank on yourself prerogative how you started that how it's going what the plans are for the future of it yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, while I was doing research and like trying to learn as much as I possibly could about financial planning and and and, and figuring out these financial tools, 
Um, I was on Amazon one day and searching for books, and I came across one book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. And the book talks about the, the bank on yourself concept as Pamela Yellen invented the bank on yourself concept. And, and she, she talks about how uh, people, like for example, in 2008, how they lost a lot of money in their mutual funds and their 401ks and IRAs and different financial vehicles and how there's a cycle of people uh, losing money in retirement accounts. And, and as I was reading it, I was like, you know, I didn't even think about that. You know, growing up, you think about when somebody has a 401 or an IRA or a mutual fund like they are at you know the, the highest tier of savings and financial responsibility and really that's where a lot of people want to get to a lot of people want to get to that level of just being able to have extra money to save for the future but then in reality it's it also exposes it to volatility I'm not saying that all 100% of 401ks and IRAs and mutual funds are bad um, because it's not true it could help you and it, it, and, it, and it could be beneficial in certain situations, but there's also volatility that has to be um, considered. So this book talks about that angle. It talks about the angle of taxes and all these different things and the solution to this and, and, and one way to kind of overcome these problems is to apply the bank on yourself concept or the bank on yourself solution. So that's what the book talks about. And then at the end of the book, there was also a section that said, if you wanted to join our program as a financial uh, professional, um, I, I applied, I got accepted into the program, went to went through like an eight-week rigorous training program which was awesome we went through every financial vehicle 450 financial vehicles everything that had to do with um the way people thought about money to the way they thought about retirement tools and, and, and different vehicles uh, and then we learned how to structure bank on yourself policies and and then yeah and i've been doing that for a couple of years now specifically bank on yourself um and it's been wonderful um and and then yeah it's, it's been wonderful conveying the bank on yourself principle to people our company financial asset protection we're a bank on yourself professional organization so we're one out of like 300 advisors in north america and awesome. and it's been wonderful so far trans translating this product and helping it um helping people use it as a, as a weapon to solve their problems or their, their financial problems wow that is amazing and um, I'm, I'm sure you're not aware of this, but I'm actually located out in New Mexico. You're in Chicago, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so being that you, you went through this rigorous program, was that an online program? Is that something that, you know, anybody who's listening to this, if they're interested in that, they could connect with you to try to get into a program of that sort? Explain that to me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I did do it entirely online and you could do it from, anywhere in the 50 states you do have to have one year of financial services experience and you need um a couple insurance licenses in your state to get accepted into the program but yeah if anybody wants to reach out to me and they're interested in um doing this they can yeah they can go to our website which we can include the link at the end of the show but yeah they can go to our website and then schedule an appointment with me and i can walk them through the process Awesome. That is just amazing. And you know, me being from New Mexico, I'll, I'll be honest, I was 100% not aware of this program at all. So you were the first to kind of bring this to the forefront to me. And I think it's just outstanding to know that someone can reach out to you, connect, learn these things. You gave a book reference here a second ago. I hope y'all are taking in this information, my retakers. <laughs> And look at you, Sarah. Literally, y'all, you know how it is. We keep it real raw and uncut on this podcast. And Sari came in. He is bodying this podcast. So I hope you guys are soaking in all of this information, truly. So, um, you know, just to talk a little bit more about your, your position, Sari, um, I want you to tell me, like, 
and this I'm just gonna say this in a funny way are you more so like the big dog of what you're doing do you train um, do you travel what is a typical work day for you look like oh my god uh, <laughs> <laughs> a typical work day for me is swamped in a office um, I do actually I do a lot of podcasting during the work day so I have five um, five shows lined up for today. Wow, um, look at you! <laughs> so yeah, a big chunk of my day is podcasting either on my show or on other people's shows like right now, like how you and I are talking. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and then the rest of it is, you know, phone calls and responding to emails and I'm writing a book right now so that also is eating up a lot of my time to do. Perfect! Um, look at you! As soon as you get that book published, I need to know. I have to read it. Oh, yeah, I'll send you I'll send you a free copy once I get it published. Oh, you're amazing. That's awesome. So what else about the workday? What what are some of I want you to give me the truth, the real raw and uncut. Like I said, that's how we keep it on this podcast. So what are the pros and what are the cons to your position? Um, yeah, so it's so I own my own company and I love it. So it's 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 for those of you who want to be entrepreneurs. I recommend it. You get to control your own time. You get to control everything like like for example, like my wife and I just got back from from Turkey. We were there for almost two weeks. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I we travel a lot. We travel like three times a year, um, and I have a lot of control over my time. But at the same time, it's obviously you know it's not too good to be true. I also work you know twelve hours a day when I am working, um, and I'm responsible for everything. Right, I'm responsible. I have three employees. Um, I have to obviously pay them every two weeks. Um, I have to find new clients. I have to be able to close deals. So it, it's definitely those are kind of I, I think the downsides to it. It's not like it's not like I have a guaranteed income coming in. Uh, but this is something I was obviously you know willing to do transitioning from a W two employee to a business owner. Uh, but yeah, I love it and, and and I think that it's it's awesome because I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, and, and my advice is keep trying different things. Like you, I think that trying to decide one thing that you're gonna do and then having to implement upon that, um, it's gonna be really difficult to do. So I, I recommend just trying everything. Do internships, part-time, full-time work, um, side gigs, side hustles, everything, just whatever you can to expose yourself to different careers and different people and different industries, uh, I highly recommend it. Because I think that's how you're gonna find what you truly wanna do is by just doing different things. Just getting a, going to college for it, simply majoring in something, it's not gonna be enough for it. It's not gonna be enough exposure to the industry or to what you wanna do unless you actually go out there, physically go out there, and or you know with COVID now the physical is a little bit <laughs> subjective that term but you know actually doing something in an industry or in a company and with different people for sure I recommend that absolutely and I think you made an outstanding point in you know basically saying that it's trial and error and college isn't enough I'm so happy yeah. that you said that not to bag on college y'all but you know you've heard it in several other episodes I am one person with an entire master's degree that you can come to and I will not recommend college to you if that is not what is for you. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Sari has actually added another precept to that and really just broke it down for anybody who was listening to that. So I mean, that's amazing. You're doing the damn thing, Sari. And I can't believe you only have three other employees. Also shout out Margie. Um, I'm not yeah, sure what her you. specific title is. I think she's either your personal assistant or secretary, whatever her title is. Shout out Margie. She's doing it for you. 
She really is. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Marge is awesome. Yeah, she's my executive assistant. She helps me, you know, book these. She 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 also does my podcasting too, like the edits and show wow. notes. And yeah, she's awesome. She's a real one doing the edits. <laughs> so I just want you, disclosure here, Sari. So the way that I run my podcast, it's more of like an under pressure type of thing. I'm super excited and happy that you totally just took this on the way that you did. A lot of people get a little bit nervous about it that I don't give them the topic. I kind of just sometimes give them the series so they have a small advantage in that way. But you came in and you've bodied this and I'm so thankful for the information that you've given. And truly y'all, I have to be honest on my end because Sari was one of the first, no actually probably the only person that reached out in the way that he did to be a guest on this podcast. And it was the most organized concept I've ever seen, y'all. I had to open up an entire app, set up an account, pick my time with Sari. I was like, wow, why am I not doing this? I guess because, you know, my under pressure precept goes a little bit further than it should, but it's been great. Um, I do want to make sure though, sorry, I know that you're super, super busy today and you do have other podcasts to perform. I'm not keeping you from any right now, correct? Oh, no, no, you're fine. No, no. See, that's the thing too, is that, you know, for, for how busy I am, um, and, and I recommend this too, like, cause people always ask me, like, how do you do all these different things? And the answer to that is I do one thing at a time. So like, even if I have a hundred things to do in a day, like right now, it's just me and you right now. That's it. I like, love even it. if I have, you know, whatever phone call comes in right now, whatever email, whatever, anything that happens, it's just you and I right now. So that's, you know, and I, I recommend that that's one way that you can get so many things done in the days when you just do one thing at a time. Perfect. I love that. And you know, it's so, it's so perfect that you say that because we truly do, I think, live in a society that teaches us to multitask and yeah. multitasking isn't really essentially getting things done, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it takes, it actually takes longer for you to multitask than it does for you to do one thing at a time. Like for example, like think of the scenario, like you had, you take out a piece of paper and then you write down like the numbers one through 26. And then below that line, you write down a through Z. Now there's two ways you could do this, right? You can write one through 26 and then a through Z, or you could do one and then a, and then two and then B and then three and then C. Um, it's three times longer to do each letter and where to, uh, each letter and number at a time than it is just to do one through twenty six, accomplish that part, and then do A through Z. So you want to you you want to like dissect something and then do it in a smaller part first, mm -hmm. and then transition to something else because you get so many more things done that way. Exactly. Wow, we've just been taken to church, ladies and gentlemen. We have just <laughs> went through a Sari seminar, ladies and gentlemen. In case you didn't know. <laughs> awesome so okay one more thing um or actually a couple more things what is the demographic that you would say that you reach out to from what i'm seeing it looks like it's everybody but is there a specific demographic just go into detail on that for me a little bit yeah and then just to be clear it's, it's who the question is who am i working with like my clients my typical ideal clients yes yeah, so I don't have any preference for demographic. What I'm looking for is I'm just looking for people who want to think outside the box, people who want to be like unconventional and they want to do things differently from what we've been taught in school and what we've been taught just like kind of growing up of like staying within our lanes. I'm looking for outside things. I'm not looking for rich people to work with at all. I'm mm -hmm. looking for people who want to take that next leap in their life of, of, of learning different ways of 
applying strategies and principles that that kind of go against almost that kind of go against what they've been raised to do and what we've been taught in college you know of, of staying in this lane look out Absolutely. people who think outside the box i love it i love the going against the grain concept that i feel like that's how i like to go about life and also you know to kind of touch on what you just said a little bit I think a lot of people are starting, it's a collective awakening essentially about the poverty mindset that so many of us are stuck in. And we look at, you know, the top 1%, I wanna be that, I wanna do that. And we all have the ability. We just need the education, we need the knowledge, we need to know how to throw ourselves into the water, dip your toes in or just full send, jump right in, you know? And it's individuals like yourself who teach people to be able to do that. And I think that's just outstanding great guy Sari. you're a great yeah, guy thank you thank you <laughs> so okay since since i like to keep us pretty short sweet and to the point i just want to gather yeah. a few more pieces of information from you a little bit putting the pressure on for you so if you were speaking to people from the ages of 18 to 25 right now that is my highest listening audience for the last two months I will throw in that it does range literally from like 12 to 70, which is amazing. Let's try to bring that demographic back in for this episode specifically as well. But if you were speaking to anyone age 18 to 25, what would your top five pieces of advice be? And you know, with the connotation of what you do, give me five pieces of advice. Okay, five pieces of advice. Number one, um, know your numbers know your numbers clearly um understand like and this is all from like fi a financial standpoint uh, understand where you're currently at financially and then number two um really identify your goals like drill down on your goals and your objectives like write them out um, and then also give them like a time limit too and like a deadline um typically like typically you get what you think about you get what you perceive so if you're thinking big and you're thinking of of these big goals you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get them and then vice versa if you're not thinking about these big goals and these big accomplishments you won't receive them and then also when you write out your goals and your objectives and things that you want to do you make them unique to yourself and then when you do it that way you reduce the likelihood of you chasing somebody else's dream or somebody else's method because you don't want to do that like for example uh people like talk about you know like um you know buy this stock or do this kind of program mm -hmm. um and, and then and then a lot of people chase that. They chase that shiny object because other people are doing it. It's like a bandwagon appeal. Yeah. It's appealing to a lot of people. But the reality is that, you know, it's not about how appealing it is or how shiny it is. Rather, is it, will it help you address your objectives? Will it connect you to your goals? Uh, so you really want to emphasize on that. And you want to make things unique to yourself. Like, um, instead of, for example, saying, you know, by the time I'm 30 years old, I'm going to buy a house because that's something you should do train change it to i want to buy a house and i'm 30 years old because that's what i want to do you don't yes. have to justify it to a cultural norm or a norm in society you put it towards what you want to do because a lot of people feel that they have to fall into um like a should lane like a should meet the word should come from a belief system and when you say should you're saying that you know um one should do something because of a belief system so you want to reduce that and then make it more into you're unique to what you want out of life yeah uh, and then number three um work with 
professionals work with people for um, to get advice, mm-hmm. um, it's it's it makes it a hundred times easier when you have a coach or a consultant or somebody that you can work with, preferably even a coach. I think coaching is phenomenal. Um, and, and you know, for those of you not familiar with the difference between a coach and a consultant, a coach helps you um, kind of own the material you come across, and a coach helps you say you know for example instead of you um having to decide on what should i do a coach will help you make that inner decision for you to kind of own that decision whereas a consultant might just say do this option because this is the best decision for you i think coaching is far more um far more um important and i know you asked for five but i'll just stop at three just because i don't want to keep rambling (laughs) so the three are know your numbers know your objectives and work with professionals well, look at you setting your boundaries, Sari. I love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was perfect, and I don't feel like you're rambling at all. This, these are gems that you're throwing out to everybody. So I think that was perfect. Thank you so much for that. Um, so I'm sure you know anybody who's listening to this. I'm I'm almost positive they're going to be invited to want to reach out to you and seek you you know your your consultation, your help, your aid, the way that you present yourself, the way that you speak. It's just phenomenal. So. For anyone who's listening that wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do so? Um, like, what are do you have packages or just explain that a little bit as well? Yeah, yeah, Rihanna, thank you so much for, for that and for having me on. They can go to um, my website. It's finassetprotection.com. It's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. And then from there, they can check out the podcast. They can schedule a free appointment. They can send me an email. They connect. They can connect with me on LinkedIn, and they can also check out the YouTube channel. So it all starts from FinAssetProtection.com. And if listeners reach out and they schedule a free 15-minute um, consultation, I'll send them a free copy of a book, or uh, whatever book they want on Amazon that's related to finance or entrepreneurship. I'll send it to them for free. Um, wow. Up to like, you know, up to like a $20 limit per person. I can't afford. <laughs> wow. You're awesome it. for that. I love that. Anybody who knows me knows how much I love my books and that like, that just yeah. pulled my heartstrings. Literally. <laughs> That's awesome. My next series is actually going to be the Rhiannon book club. Just a little, uh, just to throw that in there, ladies and gentlemen, cause y'all know how much I love my books. So <clears throat> Perfect. That is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being on with me today, Sari. You have been remarkable, like I said. And anyone who's listened to this episode, I hope that you took notes, truly. Mon- or note takers are money makers. Y'all know how it goes. So um, with that being said, Sari, do you have any final comments, uh, last words? Actually, you know, before you give your last words, I want you to give me three things about yourself that somebody couldn't have gathered from this podcast. Three secrets oh. if you want. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so three things about me that somebody wouldn't have known from this from this episode. Yeah, I feel like people, if they're like me, they could have gathered a lot about your personality, the type of man you are, the type of businessman you are. So I, I just just three things that weren't just kind of thrown out here today. We know that you're okay. married. We know you own a business. We know you have an MBA. We've learned a lot today. So give me three things we don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, one is I love MMA. I've been like kickboxing and like wrestling for like ten years. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. Um, I'll teach you finances and kick your ass. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I speak Arabic. Uh, originally, my family's from the Middle East, so I speak Arabic. Wow. Um, 
And then number three, um, let's see. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to be kind of creative. I don't want to be boring and keep it about business. That's not boring. That is awesome. Um, and then number three, let's see. Um, I think. I, do you know that I live in Chicago? Yes, I do know that. We need, you got to give me one more. I already. I already told people that. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um. Here, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about me. Yeah. Maybe this will give you something creative. Y'all, I haven't eaten a French fry in 11 years. Some people what? know that. Some people... Yes. How? Is it because you don't like French fries or... No, true story. When I was in seventh grade, that is when I decided I would not eat a French fry. So first of all, what... How old was I? 12 years old? What 12 years old... What 12 year old makes a decision this compelling? Me, y'all. I do this. <laughs> Seventh grade, I was like, I was a, a bigger kid in seventh grade. I look back now and I'm like, all right, Rhiannon, you were just like a thick girl. Everybody else was skinny. But I convinced myself I was like a total fat kid. And I was like, this is your favorite food. We're cutting it off. And then so many years went by. I was like, yo, like I just have to keep going with this. So it's been 11 years. June 6th is my fry anniversary. And yeah, haven't eaten a fry in 11 years. So maybe that'll give you some some creative spunk for your last. <laughs> yeah, but now I want to keep this about you now. So have you have you had any like red potatoes or like anything? Wow, anything? the famous question. Do you still eat potatoes? Yes, Sari, I still eat potatoes. <laughs> They're just not in fry form. I got somebody one time, well, have you eaten a tater tot? I'm like, yeah, I've eaten a tater tot, but it's not a fry. <laughs> I don't eat them a lot, we'll say that. But I've literally never eaten a fry. People, my friends will legit, still to this day, wave like a McDonald's french fry in front of my nose. And I'm like, dude, this this does nothing to me, nothing. So do you get like, um, when you go get like a burger for something, for example, do you get like a salad with it or? No, I'm literally just getting a burger. And you know, one thing, another fun fact about me with burgers, I usually only eat one bun or no bun. I'm not a full bun person. I just can't. I don't. I just can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, and you just reminded me. So the third, like, interesting thing about me to answer your question is I love cooking. So I like same. Um, like, like I love like being. I love watching videos on like YouTube on like people making like steaks, for example. Like I love yes. that. And then I go out to the store and like get all the ingredients and I try to do it exactly the same way I saw it. Um, my, I drive my wife crazy when we cook because she kind of cooks like in a rush and then I'm always like, no, 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 add, you know, do butter instead of oil or add rosemary <laughs> and thyme and garlic and, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Honestly, you know what? Let's shout out Sari's wife right now. She is blessed to have a man like Sari, <laughs> cooks, you. has all of these crazy credentials, extremely well-spoken, promotes books, has a podcast, like, Shout out Sari's wife, girl. You did it, girl. You are winning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. That's okay. Nice. Thank you. With that being said, Sari, do you have any final words for the Retake podcast? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm an advocate of um, thinking like a bank. You know, think uh, instead of thinking like a consumer, you know, remember to think like a bank. Think as if you were a multi-billion dollar company, even if you're not. You know, that's kind of the... our brand and our podcast you know um so you know think big obviously and remember like you get what you think about in this world you know you if you think big you get big results and vice versa 
Perfect. I love that ending note. And just a disclosure, if any of y'all have heard some crazy background noise, can you hear that background noise right now, Sari? No, no. Yeah, it's perfectly quiet in the background. Oh, I love this. Perfect. Then I set the settings perfectly because I'm currently at the warehouse. My best friend's husband owns a warehouse. Shout out Ink Theory. And I work here as the account manager currently for the time being. So literally there are t-shirts being made as we speak. And this dang propeller has gone off at least six times during this podcast. But you already know how it goes, y'all. Real Ron Uncut. This has been another episode of Retake with the business mogul, Sari Ibrahim. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. That being said, y'all, we are signing out. Thank you.